All right, hi everybody. Uh, welcome to CanSIDA's second live webinar. My name is Jill Clark and I'm the president-elect of CanSIDA and I'm the athletic communications coordinator at the University of Toronto. Our president, Ben Matchett, is caught up in another meeting and hopefully will be joining us soon. But to get things started, I'd like to introduce Matthew Tengay. Matthew has been at Université Laval for the past eight, eight years and is currently CanSIDA's RSEQ rep. So without further ado, here is Matthew with today's topic of social media creative content during a pandemic. Thank you, Jill. Hello, everyone. As Jill said, my name is Matthew Tangi. I'm in my ninth year as the SID of the Université Laval Rougeard in Quebec City. So I do speak French and I'm going to do uh, today's presentation in English, um, but I wanna say a couple of words uh, in French uh, uh, to start this off. Uh, salut tout le monde. Euh, merci d'être présent pour euh, ce webinaire sur les idées euh, de contenu créatif sur euh, les médias sociaux en temps de pandémie. Euh, vous comprendrez que puisque la majorité des personnes ici parlent anglais, euh, je vais faire ma présentation en anglais, sauf que euh, n'hésitez pas une seconde si vous avez euh, des questions, on va prendre les questions. Si vous avez des questions, posez-les en français, ça va me faire plaisir euh, d'y répondre euh, en français. So, um, did you give me uh, the opportunity to share my screen? I'm going to do that right now. <clears throat> All right. Um, so I'm happy to uh, be here today to talk about uh, creative content on social media during this COVID-19 era. First off, I just want to say this. I, I may be doing this presentation today, but in no way does it mean that we are doing things better uh, than anyone. Uh, Today, I, I want to share with you some ideas that we developed, some stuff uh, that we did that were hits for us on social media since last March. Um, but you may recognize some things that you personally did at your own school. Um, and uh, maybe you did it even better than we did. So, uh, <laughs> but if something that we <coughs> today rings a bell and uh, leads you to develop your own version of uh, that idea or to push it even further, then perfect. So here we go. Um, I've seen a great quote on this matter from Alabama's football coach, Nick Saban, uh, who just won his uh, seventh national title, the most in college football history uh, last month. He said, I didn't invent any of this stuff. I learned it from somebody. So I'm always looking for the next guy I'm going to learn something from. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty much how we operate at, at Laval, I would say. Me and my colleague, Frédéric Berrer, uh, we're looking at what others are doing. Uh, not only in, in sports teams, but uh, big events, music festivals, uh, we often get inspiration from our uh, content elsewhere. Um, so uh, here it goes. I, I'm going to show you some of the social media content that we created since last March, some things that works for us, may not for you, and vice versa. But here's where we went uh, at Laval in the last year. So when the pandemic started, it, it cut short the 2019-2020 uh, season for some teams, but uh, we still had uh, lots of events and competitions to, to talk about from last season. So early on in March, uh, we did an uh, event of the year bracket. Uh, we selected one event that happened in the last year from each of our 18 teams, and we created matchups and we let our fans uh, select the winner. So that was when uh, Facebook still had the survey option, which was cool, but uh, you can still do uh, something similar 
Uh, I'll show you uh, later in another example. So all in all, we had more than 60,000 votes for those bracket matchups. And uh, on the day of the final, uh, we did a pregame show, uh, which consisted in a Zoom uh, interview with student athletes uh, from the two events that were in the final. So they were talking about how uh, things happened during the, those events. And we streamed it on Facebook before uh, we opened the, the, the vote. So it, it was really uh, a really fun event to create and follow. Uh, and since it's a popular vote, it, it's not necessarily the one you think that's going to win that does. Um, last year, we had our uh, women's rugby team winning the first national title in program history, and they didn't even make it to the brackets final. So um, <clears throat> in the end, it, what was most satisfying was that we had a lot of student athletes that thanked us for, for doing this uh, because they were feeling a bit depressed with what was happening. And that event gave them an opportunity to, to focus on the happier things that happened um, in the last year. Uh, next, the student athlete blog. Uh, we, we started this blog six years ago and the, ex the inspiration <laughs> was, uh, was clearly uh, the Players' Tribune. Um, so I, I say student athletes blog, but uh, over the years, we also got coaches, uh, athletic directors, alumni to write myself. stories uh, in their own words about a, a particular experience they had with the Rougia. And with the pandemic, it became a, a good opportunity uh, for some student athletes to express themselves. We had a couple of them uh, from different sports relate how the pandemic hit them uh, and how they were coping with that. So we have a, a private Facebook group uh, where pretty much all of our student athletes are members. And we just pitched the idea to them if anyone wanted to share their story. And we had a, a couple of replies and they, they were great stories. So the way it works, I received their, uh, their text and then I use uh, Adobe Spark page. I don't know if you know uh, this, uh, this thing, but... Um, I suggest you take a look if you don't know uh, what's Adobe Spark page is, because it, it's a great way to create uh, a web page with pictures or videos that are really well integrated that gives you a much better look uh, than a casual web page on your website. So, and, and you can embed it uh, within your own website. So there's a free version uh, that does a great job, but if you want to have more options like adding your team colors, your logo. You have to pay for a membership. It's like $13 a month, but uh, we figure it's, it's, it's a good investment for, for all the great things that, that it can do. So like I said, I, I received their text. I, I look for, for grammar and spelling errors, uh, of course, in those texts, but I, I never really change the way they tell their story because it, it's the main thing here. I want them to tell it in their own words. And uh, of course, I, I can help them uh, once I receive their first draft uh, with some ideas to develop, but that's it. And of course, that means that some stories will be better than others. Uh, not everyone is a, is a great writer, but uh, those blogs uh, resonate a lot within our fans, uh, the actual student athletes and the, uh, and the alumni. So um, we are in the first months of the pandemic and we are trying to find some content that's interesting. And we realized that we had a lot of, uh, of our student athletes that are uh, working on the front lines uh, in one way or another. So we started to showcase them as our heroes of the day. So here we have uh, a student athlete that was working as a paramedic in Montreal. So 
Uh, and those social media posts uh, ended up creating interview requests from mainstream media. So, uh, so we had good coverage uh, with that. We also had uh, this idea to ask our student athletes to create simple exercise videos um, that you uh, can do at home with uh, pretty much no equipment at all. So here uh, I'm going to show you uh, one that was done by Jonathan Breton Robert, uh, a wide receiver for our football team. And his video was to um, uh, teach, it was a tutorial on how to juggle with tennis balls. Uh, he said that he learned it at a, a very young age and it helped a lot with his hand-eye coordination. And honestly, it's a great video. You, you can look it up. We put it up on our, on our Rougeau YouTube channel. Um, so, so we had a couple of those that were sent to us. Um, well, we, we asked the student athletes if they had ideas of, of something to do like that. And, and we just did small edit, added a layer with the Rougeau logo and that was it. That was a good content. And we even had a local TV station that asked us if they could play those videos. So uh, that was another great thing uh, for us. Um, on the same subject, uh, we have a annual 10K run at Laval and the Rougeau track and field team uh, is invested a lot in this, uh, in this event. So uh, this year we, we decided to, to ask our track and field coach for a running training plan for those who wanted to participate in the event or anyone who, who wanted to, to run and prepare for any event. So since running outside is pretty much the last thing we can do without any uh, restraints, that was uh, something easy for us to, to put forward. Uh, so for about a month leading up to the event, we had this uh, weekly post uh, with a running training plan created by our track coach, Sylvain Cloutier. So that was cool, e even though the 10K run got canceled in the end, uh, but that's another story. Uh, of course, I know for this to happen, to happen, you need to have a good relation, a good collaboration from your coach, but talk to them. Sometimes you may even be surprised at, at some ideas that they might have. Um, oh yeah, next up for, for the kids. It's good sometimes to, to think out of the box and just get away from the sports only related content. Last March in, in Quebec, schools were closed. Parents were doing their best to work from home while uh, trying to, uh, to be the school teacher and entertain for days. Trust. Um, so uh, we, we, just this, we just did this simple thing here. We stripped the colors from our logo so that you could print it and, uh, and color it. So that was a thing we did uh, last March. Now, um, what do you do when you don't have your main product active to, to create social media content? You dive into nostalgia, uh, like everyone else. Uh, that's, that's what we did at Laval in, in many different ways. Um, we started to broadcast some classic games, not necessarily a whole game, but like here in this post, there was a weekend where uh, on one night we showed the fourth quarter of the women's basketball conference final that we won. Um, then on the second night, the fourth set from our men's volleyball team win over uh, the national development team that was visiting us, visiting us at the PEPS. So we had streamed those games on Facebook Live uh, before, and this time we showed them on Facebook Premiere. I don't know if you used Facebook Premiere uh, before, but it, it's kind of it's kind of cool. Also, to, you can just you have a um, a timing where people can know when this is going to be 
presented live on Facebook, even though it's recorded before. So that's a cool feature that we use uh, from time to time uh, at Laval. All right, so um, we, we started a new feature that we called Appareil Date en français, on this day in English, with the hashtag to, to go along. Um, so we looked into the archive and start digging some photos from major events that happened in our program history. Some of you guys probably have been doing this for a long time, but for us at Laval, it was not um, something that we were doing regularly. And one of the reasons is we, we didn't have the info stocked in, in one place. So I created this Excel sheet file for our, our teams and started to identify major events that happened uh, for them in, in the exact date. So that's a, a time consuming thing to do when you start from scratch, but of course it will help you a lot in the long run. And same thing goes with our photo archives. We have so many great pictures uh, archived over the years, but a lot of them aren't uh, identified. So it's kind of hard to, to find pics of a 1995 student athlete when you have to go through the entire 1995 archive one by one uh, uh, by each sports uh, to, to find what you're looking for. So that's the thing we, we did a lot um, since the start of the pandemic, just identifying archive photos. So, you know, it, it's going to help you in the future. So back to the visual, the, uh, as you see in the right corner of this one, we have a sponsor logo. Um, so that was one way to give some visibility back to our major sponsor, sponsors, since they don't have the same visibility they are used to have uh, when we got live games. So that's, uh, that's one thing that we, uh, that we did. And this historical thing led up to another fun content, uh, the Vanier Cup week. Uh, when I started building this archive of uh, major events, I realized that our 10 Vanier Cup wins, uh, they, they all happened on six consecutive days from November 22nd to November 27th. So we, uh, we just decided to, to showcase them, um, uh, showcase them all during a special event for a whole week uh, in a pretty simple manner. As you can see, we, we had posts uh, like this, a, a great picture from the win and a bit of interesting info about each win in a, in a did you know uh, presentation. And that worked great for us. Lots of reactions from fans, but also from alumni of those winning teams that were proud to share our posts. So we did it with football, but it, it could apply to any other sports. If you had, let's say, a, a volleyball dynasty at some point, chances are that the exact dates of all your wins are similar or in the close range, in the close range from every year. Um, <clears throat> next up, that's probably my favorite thing that we created during the, the pandemic, um, a feature that we called uh, Dans la voûte rougeur, from the rougeur vault. We chose some major historic events uh, in program history, and um, I, uh, I just did Zoom interviews with um, two of the main actors of those events, often the head coach and um, a student athlete. Just reminiscing the story of a national championship winning team, uh, winning year for, for example, here you see uh, it's Gino Brousseau and uh, head coach Clément Lemieux talking about the first men's volleyball national championship won by Laval in 1990. Um, so we, we record the, uh, the interview, uh, the Zoom interview, 
And then uh, my colleague Frederick uh, puts in the layout, including a sponsor logo, adds pictures and videos in it. And we created uh, buildups before releasing it, small teasers of the discussion. And then we published the whole thing on Facebook premiere. So before I was uh, in a society at Laval, I worked as a journalist and radio host for, for 10 years or so. I had a lot of fun doing this. And it's also a lot of fun for those alumni to, to go back down memory lane because those are such major events of joy in their life, in their lives. So, uh, and I'm not gonna lie, it's, it's a lot of work to put, to put these together, but it's totally worth it um, for so many reasons. Um, another thing we did was kind of handed out to us without us having to do uh, much work. Uh, I talked earlier about the, the private Facebook group of all student athletes of the Rougeau. Um, at some point this fall, they, uh, they started to create some challenges um, uh, within the group to keep, to keep things interesting. And one of those challenges was a good deed challenge. And there was so much good things coming out of this that at one point we just said, this can't be only private. People need to know about what you guys did. So we uh, created a story in the Adobe Spark showcasing uh, the best things that the student athletes did uh, during this challenge. It, it goes from plasma or blood donation to spending time with elderly people in nursing homes to snow shoveling a whole parking lot. Um, so um, that, that was something that worked, that worked great uh, also for us. Now, when you don't have uh, varsity sports going on, one of the best things to do is um, to look out for anything that might be related to your program and what alumni are doing. Of course, uh, I know not anyone can brag about one of their alumni winning the Super Bowl like Antonio Claire. Uh, that's an easy one. But uh, if you're on the look, the lookout for, for what's happening around you, uh, you might have some interesting ideas uh, that pop. Here in this visual, um, with this year's CFL draft, we knew it would be kind of an off year for us. We didn't have many players that were going to get drafted compared to uh, recent years, but we, we still found a way to talk about it and link this to our past. So in the days leading up to the draft, we did a short quiz for our fans uh, that had to identify who were the, the masked alumni that were drafted over the years. So it's a simple thing, but it's, uh, it's effective. It's always effective and uh, gets a lot of uh, interaction uh, with our fans. And uh, the last example I want to show you today is a survey that we started to do every Friday at noon. The catchphrase in the post is always the same. It's Friday, let's settle something once and for all. Hashtag une fois pour toutes en français, in French. So we go with simple questions. Here it's, do you prefer the golden or the black helmet? Now, as I said earlier, you, you, you can't do surveys on Facebook anymore uh, with, with the options to click on them, but we just had a, a thumbs up and a heart uh, on the visual for people to, to vote that way. And sometimes we go with an open question. You can only eat one thing at, at the tailgate, what is it? So with this feature, sometimes it's hit or miss, but some of them brought amazing interaction numbers on our Facebook page. Um, there's even one where we had to, to change the question a bit because a lot of people were 
taking it a bit too seriously, I would say. Uh, it's this one here uh, where we asked if the Rouge Air program were to add a new team, which one would you prefer? Men's rugby or women's rugby? And then the rugby community and hockey community was on fire. Uh, <laughs> they were sharing our posts saying, help us get a team at Laval. Um, <laughs> our athletic director uh, reached out in the afternoon saying, can you explain clearly that it's just a game? Uh, the winner of this survey isn't getting a team. <laughs> because I am getting emails and calls of people who are actually working on maybe eventually presenting a project to us that don't understand really what's going on. So we had to adjust, but um, you just have to be careful with this uh, type of content. It, it, it just goes to show how much impact creative content can have on your social media channels. So that's it. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you guys have any questions or want to share uh, your uh, personal content that work well in English or in French, be our guest. Thanks, Matthew. I, I have a question actually to start off. Of all of those awesome examples you just uh, provided, which ones kind of created the most impressions or interaction over your platforms? Uh, probably the, the last one I showed you. Uh, like I said, it depends on the questions. Sometimes uh, we get some reactions, uh, but, but there, there, there were some, some questions that were huge hits because uh, really it, it's, it's just something that, that provokes reaction. You know, sometimes, it's, and, it, and it's simple, like I said, I prefer the, the golden med better. Okay, but why? And, and no, it sucks. And uh, <laughs> no, the, you go with the classic, uh black one or whatever so it, it, it's it's simple but it, it, it's things that work a lot for us yeah. and it i think it, it works a lot for for every circumstances awesome does anyone else have any questions you can either uh put your hand up oh, okay jamie jamie's got a question go ahead jamie thanks joe uh great job matthew thank you uh for all the great info um I was just curious, one of the things that we struggled with at Laurier um, a lot over the past year has been just student athlete buy-in. You know, every time we've tried to go to our student athletes, you know, we just, there's been almost zero buy-in from them. And, you know, whether that's how it normally is and we're asking more of them or it's just a, a, what's been going on in the pandemic and their own personal lives, I'm not really sure. I'm curious if, if you found any difficulties with that during this and if anybody else either had difficulties or didn't have difficulties. I'm just curious as to how people kind of found it to engage with student athletes over the past year or so. Well, I would say that if I take the, the student athlete blog, for example, when we started this six years ago, I, did, I was pitching ideas to student athletes in, in hopes that at some point they would pick it up and I would receive the, 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 the story, uh, the, the, the student athletes that were interested in doing this. It didn't materialize, I would say. Uh, but honestly, every time that I, that I pitch a story, uh, I always find someone who's, uh, who's interested in, in sharing something. Um, like I said, um, you, you don't, 
it's not always uh, something that's uh, awesome and out there, but uh, over time you, you kind of get to know uh, which student athletes would be best suited for, for whatever uh, feature you're, uh, you, you want to pitch to. So uh, you, you kind of zoom in on, on, on those you know that are gonna help you out and, and sometimes they, they can just help you out, reach out to others also. That's, that's what we do. We, we also have a um, student athlete uh, committee where there's one representative from each team. And we, we have some meetings with uh, R80, I would say uh, not monthly, but about uh, each, uh, each two months we, we, uh, we get together and it's a good opportunity to, to share some messages and, and hear what they want to say, what they have to say. Uh, and uh, that's, that's our main point of contact. When we want to talk to uh, the whole volleyball team, we'll go to the, their representative on the committee. So that, that's one way you can do, uh, you, you can work to, to, to help reach out uh, in a better way to, to your student athletes, I would say. Awesome, thanks, Matthew. Uh, there's a question from Connor in the chat. Was all of the, your examples primarily used on Facebook, Matthew, or did you do it across like Twitter and Instagram as well? Um, it depends. Uh, of course, for us, Facebook is the, the main thing because we, we got over uh, 60,000 fans. So, uh, but there, there, there's some features that work well uh, on other platforms too. Uh, I would say that in Quebec, Twitter isn't as big as it is in, uh, in the rest of Canada. Uh, it's more of a journalist thing uh, and so we, we don't have the same reach on Twitter. When, when we start to pitch some things, uh, it doesn't work always, but there's some features that we, we do on, on all platforms, I would say, when the, 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 uh, the historical uh, stuff, uh, we, we, we pitch it on, on, uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, but sir, there's some things that we only do on Facebook. Hopefully that answered your question, Connor. Anybody else have any questions? Uh, Matt Patwood, Pat, sorry, Matt Packwood, you have your hand up. Yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks for the presentation. Uh, that sort of uh, leads into my question is just how you determine um, or how much customization goes into the content across the different channels. So if it's uh, specific to Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or what have you, how much work do you put into sort of customizing it for each channel and how do you determine that process? You're talking about the the, the graphic, uh, the graphics as well, or or just the whole content itself. I guess yeah, the the approach in general. Like, do you do you have um, uh, strategies or anything like that in place to determine say we're going to do this for Facebook only or this for Instagram only, and then just yeah, if you have a process in place for how that's determined. Yeah, um, I would say then again, it, I I think it depends on on every market. For for us, like as I said earlier, uh, Facebook is huge. It's where we reach uh, the most people. But uh, on Instagram, every content that's uh, more picture or uh, I'd say emotions uh, related, uh, that's where we will go uh, mainly for. Uh, for, for everything that's uh, that's uh, that's fun to, to watch visually, uh, Instagram is is the place we go. Also, uh, we know that most of our students are mainly on Instagram and less on uh, on Facebook. So, if we want to do something that will 
reach out to, to, to the student athletes, we, we, we will make sure that we, uh, we put it on Instagram. Um, Twitter is, is, for us, it's mainly uh, news sharing stuff. Uh, that's probably, a, well, we, we might, like I said, there, there's my, there may be some things that we will put out um, on all platforms. But it's mainly for uh, for us Twitter. It's mainly for uh, for news sharing stuff. And uh, when we have games, it's our play by play uh, game, of course. But uh, uh, that seems like a distant memory uh, for now. <laughs> Thanks, Matthew. I have a couple questions from Jordan Hall from Durham, Durham College. Um, he asked, "Do you have content plans in place for the spring and summer, or do you just cross that road when you get there?" So I guess, like, how far out do you plan your content? Uh, I wish I had better planification. To be honest, um, there's some stuff that we um, that we do uh, periodically. Um, let me think for summer. Um, of course, the, the, these are moments where we can uh, work on um, on some stuff that are more um, uh, more in depth stories because uh, you got time normally to to do it. Um, but uh, I, <laughs> I I guess the, the answer to your uh, to your question is uh, no. We don't really plan that much ahead. I would say uh, we just we, we we go with the flow. Of course, there's some things that we know. That we're gonna do week in and week out, like uh, the the survey we we're doing now uh, every fight every Friday, and uh, my uh, archive historical events. Uh, of course, I know when I'm gonna publish them in advance, uh, but for for the rest of it, we we pretty much go with the flow. Actually, like I said, I I, I think it would be a good thing to have better planification on this, but uh, for now, that's <laughs> that's how we operate. Awesome, another one from Jordan. What is driving your content right now during the winter semester? What do you mean by that, Jordan? <laughs> Sorry. Jordan here. Uh, this academic semester. What is driving your content right now through this acad academic semester? Um. I guess what works better is um, is the, um, the, um, the 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 historical things that we do. Um, for uh, I, I'd say maybe last fall we had some teams that had the occasion to to practice, so we went there. I, I took some some pictures of them. We we did some some photo galleries, and that was awesome because they they were just looking for it. Uh, so uh, this was this was content that was working really well uh, last fall. This winter we we didn't have any anything of this anything like this. But we just did uh, yesterday uh, an event um, in person, uh, respecting every uh, sanitary measures, of course. But we we were honoring our uh, all uh, Canadian uh, all academics. And we, uh, they, they just came, um, they had a time slot where they could come uh, and uh, get their, um, their kind of a diploma or something like that. And uh, we just took a picture of them with this and a professional picture also that, the, that we, we will give them uh, afterwards. And 
they were uh, they were excited about this. The, the the pictures were great. So and this worked really well uh, on our social media uh, uh, channels uh, yesterday. That so as soon as we get something that um, that involves the student athletes, uh, it's uh, it's something that works well uh, on uh, on our uh, on our social media. That that's what we're looking for actually. But uh, uh, honestly, uh, we uh, we are diving into nostalgia a lot. That's that's pretty much uh, the the most uh, the, the most things that we do uh, this uh, this winter. Uh, be, be it uh, just a salute to uh, on on a on a particular day something that happened that was a a great win or a major event in our in our program. So those those are pretty much the the things that we're uh, working a lot on uh, to push on social media. Awesome, thanks. Uh, Alisa from the University of Windsor has her hand up. Thanks, Jill. And um, hi, Matthew. Thank you so much for your presentation today. I love seeing what other schools are doing and seeing what works in different provinces and what works, you know, like the same things. Um, But I was wondering, we jumped on the podcast bandwagon and I know some other schools did. Did you guys do that? What, and if you did, was it successful? Or if you didn't, was there a reason why you haven't chose to do it yet? Just curious. We, uh, no, we, we did not. Uh, I know our guys, our friends from Montreal did. Uh, maybe they would be uh, good. Uh, they, they would be better to yes, answer sir. this. I don't want to put them on the spot, but uh, <laughs> we, to answer it quickly, I, 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 we didn't do it yet. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, in our plans. Might be at some point, but uh, we're not thinking about it right now. Yes, we did. Uh, <clears throat> we did have a podcast, uh, not uh, just not only this year, just not only just not this year. Sorry, I'm French uh, uh, because of non-competition. But uh, the two uh, two years before, we did have a podcast, and it went pretty well. Did you have any question regarding uh, podcasting? Uh, yeah. What were some of your more um, some of the topics that? gained more attention or had more listeners so uh, we're finding yeah, it, some of them well just aren't great and can you talk to me about length how long did you keep them we tried uh because we recorded we did three episodes per episodes per week all recorded within one half day on a tuesday so we tried to keep it on uh, at half an hour not over that because uh even if you always have crazy stats all over the place as for people who left after one minute and people who left after half an hour, you, uh, I'd say around the 15, 16 minutes for uh, what we call engaged listener was around the, the, the average. Um, the most popular episode, because we had one episode on Tuesday, which was the weekend recap of all the competitions. So it was more of a news bulletin, if no, more news uh, discussion, I'd say. Uh, and uh, on Wednesday, it was an interview with a student athlete. And on Thursday, it was a preview in the week of the weekend. And on um, football weeks, it was a, what we call the tailgate, which was a, a pregame of the, uh, the football game. Uh, the, by far, the most popular one, besides the popularity of sports, was the interview. Because you catch the micro, uh, micro surrounding of the athlete. Uh, uh, teammates and family were really engaged in the in the content uh, in comparison to the news which was all sports and was more of a, for us it was more of an internal communication tool uh, 
that we, uh, we used it for, which was not only to give results, but to give more information, but it was mostly listened by the Carabin family uh, at large. And, and as for the interviews, it, ca it caught with the uh, surroundings of the, uh, the athlete in question. Okay, thank you. Pleasure. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. We, we used to do a, a video recap of our action uh, every week. Uh, but we, we stopped doing this at some point. It, it's, it, it, first of all, it, it was time consuming. Uh, my, my Mondays were uh, complete with that, uh, with that task, but uh, I, I loved it. it. It was a great product, I think. But uh, in the end, we, we found out that uh, maybe sometimes the, 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 simple, the simpler things uh, work even better. Uh, as you said, Renaud, the, uh, every time we, we go more in-depth with student-athletes, that's when uh, we get the best results. And uh, I mean, the other thing that uh, I didn't talk about it during my presentation because everyone else is doing it, but uh, just the, um, the presentation of, of rookies on our social media, these get huge numbers. Uh, every time we, we put up a graphic and... Uh, welcoming a new uh, recruit uh, in any club. Uh, so, and, and it drives more new fans to your channels because now you got the family of this uh, recruit, recruit that uh, is saying, oh, you're so cute on this photo with this uh, new uniform. And uh, so uh, that's, that's a good, that's the, probably the, uh, I answered uh, a different, I gave a different answer earlier, but that, that's probably the, the recruits uh, graphics are probably what worked the best for us uh, this, uh, this past year, I would say. Does anyone else have any exam other examples of uh, any content that they've put over, put out over the last, I mean, almost like 11 months now, but um, I can start the, the thing that we're finding has a lot of success and it's a simple, um, just a question, like just an Instagram story question. We've done a couple, for example, who is your favorite varsity blue of all time? And they just answer the question and then you have to obviously go onto your photo server from home, which can be hard, but find a photo of that person, post their answer with the photo. Um, we did one yesterday, which was, what was your favorite memory? So just people, it was mostly championships, but some people did silly things. Uh, but there's just, you know, that's just one example of like, it's time consuming. It can be time consuming based on answers, but it's just an easy, uh, engaging question to ask. Okay, we have a question. Sorry, I can't, I can see a hand up, but I can't see who it is. I don't know why. It's me, Jill. Oh, hi, sorry, go ahead. Ian and Lethbridge, I just was gonna share one of the things that we've had some success with this year was we had one, of, one athlete from one team interview three athletes for, uh, from a different team and just kind of do a fun, you know, the only requirement I gave them was what, what was their decision to pick University of Lethbridge and then the rest of it is all kind of just fun questions, getting to know the athletes. And, you know, it took a little bit to get the athlete buy-in, but um, it seems to be getting some traction now. We've got, I think about five or six of them out uh, so far, and we're going to do at least um, enough for each team and then maybe expand it depending on time. 
That's awesome. Uh, Chris has his hand up. Uh, I was just going to go back to what Jamie said about engaging athletes and stuff. Um, so we have a Ridgeback Leadership Council. So I have a group chat with those individuals. So my way of kind of getting some engagement this year is even bouncing ideas off them to make them feel like they're involved in the process. Um, Cause right now, like we weren't training for a while, obviously. Um, and I know some teams aren't going back to training for a little bit. I, I think of obviously Jill being in Toronto. Um, but yeah, like that's my thing is just having a group chat. Um, and then if we do need some push to get some content back, we just go directly to them. Um, and then they're the ones that have to deal with their teammates and whatever. So that's, that's worked for us this year specifically. Um, Cause normally I would just show up to a training session and say, I need this athlete or I need two athletes who's doing it. So. Right. Awesome. Chris, um, Earl, Earl, the Pearl. How are hey, you? Jill, the thrill. What up? <laughs> um, just one thing that we're we've been trying to do, and I, I found it's had a good um, good response for from uh, some media and especially from our alumni. I'm not sure how much the students are that engaged and are interested, but I always do. Uh, I try and find at least once a week uh, this date in history, or I call it this week in history, so it's more relevant for the the whole week. So I put it. So if we have an anniversary of a a Vanity Cup championship and it's on the 27th. So I put it up about on the 23rd, roughly four days before, three days before. And I write this week in history, uh, but I mentioned the date so that it's clear when someone clicks on it, that they know what date is the actual anniversary, especially for media people that might want to do a follow-up. And I found that um, I've done quite a bit of those uh, during this, um, this long break that we've had. And uh, I've uh, had a pretty good response, especially from alumni and, and the odd media response as well, where they pick it up. And, and today, even uh, one of the former sports editors of the Montreal Gazette, who now works for NHL.com, knows that I've been posting these things. And he sent me an email with uh, an, a this date in history from uh, an event that happened uh, 45 or 50 years ago with McGill, with the opening of our gym. So uh, I find that media are not only using some of the stuff they put, they're also sending me stuff. It's, uh, it's been an interesting response and it, it kind of, it's, it's sort of a light thing to do. You don't have to do uh, much more than a few lines. Hopefully you put a photo in there or some sort of graphic image. And uh, so what I do is I look at when our teams won championships, see if I can ascertain the date when they won the championship. Uh, then I go back and see if I can do a, a short little write-up about it on, on this day in history, they did this, or someone scored 48 points in a game as McGill uh, demolished Concordia, something like that. <laughs> so I um, I find that that is, is kind of a way to keep me uh, interested, engaged. It keeps our alumni engaged. And as I say, I'm not sure how much of the students are engaged or not, but the, we I've been getting a pretty good response, better than I anticipated for that. Awesome. Thanks, Earl. Sorry, I should have mentioned Earl is from McGill University. Not everyone knows who Earl the Pearl is, but you should. Uh, Elisa has her hand up again. Elisa from the University of Windsor. Okay, I have to tell you guys, it's my favorite thing, my new thing. We started a game show. It's called The Joust because we're Lancers. But anyway, it's super fun and I've got really super cheesy music and a logo and, and an announcer who's like over the top in these crazy suits. Like they're, they're nuts. And uh, I have athletes from like the men's soccer team and the women's soccer team. They go head to head on questions about soccer, the community, the university and that kind of stuff. And they go through two rounds of questions. And then we have the super cheesy music and my announcer come back on. 
and uh, it's been really fun. A new one comes out on Saturday if you want to check it out. And what's that on? Is that Instagram or YouTube? It's on Instagram. Um, we put it on our YouTube channel as well. So it'll be um, on our website, on Instagram, Twitter, everything. We post it everywhere because it's so fun. Awesome. So I, just, I had to share because it's like my favorite new thing we do. I love it. Um, a question for, there's a bunch of questions in the chat. I'll get to one for social content, um, eSports. So this is Jordan again from Durham College. They have an e a varsity eSports program. And I know a bunch of other universities do as well. Uh, so there's plenty of content there if, uh, if any other institutions are involved with their eSports or at all. Um, what are they doing for their eSports team, I guess? <laughs> I don't, I don't know anything about esports. I apologize. So I'm not sure where I, I they can, are at. <laughs> I can jump in. I got, I can turn my mic on here for okay, a second. Okay, Jordo. <laughs> uh, it's just pretty much taking the spot of what we would typically be doing with regular teams. So putting up uh, daily schedule, like game day stuff, uh, putting up game results, trying to keep track of all the different leagues they're playing in. Uh, I don't know how many other schools are involved in esports, but I will let you know that it is a headache. That's for sure. It doesn't run nearly as similar as just a regular sports schedule, but in terms of uh, filling that gap, it's definitely done that job for sure. Awesome. I know esports kind of falls into different places at each university, so I'm not sure if anyone else on this call is in charge of their esports team. Um, but uh, a couple other questions. Sorry, the hardest, I will. I will just say the hardest part too is just uh, you know sometimes teams will just be like our best player is not going to be able to make it tonight, so we'll reschedule. <laughs> and that would be nice, I'm sure, if we could do that with all our other sports. But uh, I'm sure sometimes our, our quarterbacks hurting this week. Let's try next week would work out well for some schools. But uh, yeah, like I said, it's it's definitely filled a void. That's for sure. Interesting. All right. Um, Spencer Murdoch from the University of Ottawa. Hi, guys. Uh, quick question just on uh, any other schools that have a uh, large amount of team accounts, like team specific accounts, uh, apart from their main account. How has that been going uh, for, for anybody? And has there been, I know some accounts have just been quiet the entire time because there hasn't been the amount of effort being able to spread across if uh, you have shorter staffs or anything, or if you are still trying to pump out content across, well, however many accounts that you have, uh, just kind of want to see what, what everybody else is doing. Well, at Laval, we, uh, we aren't running those team accounts. Uh, usually it's student athlete, often coaches who put some content on this. We, uh, we started during the, this pandemic to, to put some more, uh, I'd say guidelines about what to do, what not to do, uh, because some, sometimes it was just out there and just not, not really uh, up to par from, from what we want to, to put out uh, as content. But um, it, it, it's not easy, of course, because uh, you deal with lots of uh, different individuals, some people that don't really understand the basic uh, ways to, to use those, uh, those channels. Um, but uh, I mean, on our end, we're, we're, we're starting to, 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 I wouldn't say control them, but uh, just 
giving them some some tips and some heads up on some things that we uh, we prefer them to do and uh, we 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 tend to uh, to tell them that we prefer that uh, every graphic or visual content comes from us. Uh, at some point, uh, it, it it happens that they put something out and it's uh, ugly as hell, and we're just man, why are you doing this? You're thinking that you're helping your team. <laughs> but, uh, um, but uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're trying to, to work on this, to have a good communication with, uh, with everyone who's involved uh, in, uh, in those social media pages. But it's, it, it's not easy. Does anyone else kind of, has, has anyone taken over some team accounts? Spencer, are you doing team accounts at Ottawa? Yeah, we kind of went through a bit of a transition where um, we have one of the unique setups where our main account is or will, is still um, managed primarily through our marketing uh, side of things. <clears throat> and then the team accounts have been somewhere in between, depending on who's dealing with the level of management. Uh, over the past, I guess it's only been a couple of months, but throughout the pandemic, uh, the team account ownership has transferred back to us. Uh, in terms of like the overall stuff, but we don't have, you know, usually we have work study positions and a couple of casual ones to, to help out. Obviously we don't have that same amount in, in this time. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much sitting on like 10 different accounts. Um, just trying to like, they're not going to be fully active all the time, but uh, it's a lot. Um, so that's, that's where the question comes from. But a lot of it right now is just like kind of recruits or little updates or whatever's happening. But as we're getting into, as we went into orange uh, this past week, um, there was more like, Hey, we want to get stuff at practice and can we do this? We want to get this out on the, and it's like this, I can see it becoming a, a much bigger issue as we keep going on here. So that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, just a comment from Andrea from Ryerson. They're investing, investing in hiring one student, an employee, like a work study or a career boost uh, for each of our eight, for each of their eight varsity teams next season. And they'll report to her and the coach to coordinate that. I think that's a really good solution, Andrea, actually. That's, that's awesome. And I know you, you have uh, plenty of people to choose from who have those skills at Ryerson, which I'm very jealous about. We should chat in here. That sounds uh, sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm interested to see how it'll actually roll out because we haven't done it yet. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting. <laughs> okay. Are there any other questions for Matthew about today's topic uh, before we wrap up? Bill, that was a, a good question from Andy uh, oh. Wealth about what um, what everyone was planning to do to honor seniors. Uh, I, I know on our end uh, every every year we uh, <clears throat> we do um, I mean usually there's there's a ceremony uh, let's say at the last local game but since it's not happening we, we usually we usually present them a, a framed picture and uh, we're, we're still doing it this year but uh, the moment we're we're going to give them is still to be determined I, I'm I mean we're, we're hoping that we might have sports next fall where we can invite them and then uh, honor them in, in a proper way. But if it's not happening, uh, we, we'll, find a, we'll find a way to do this. So.
All right. <laughs> Thanks, uh, everybody. If there aren't any more questions, um, I'll just wrap up here. We really appreciate all of the work that Matthew did to put on this excellent presentation. Um, over 50 people is another awesome showing. So we appreciate you all taking the time to log on. Uh, our goal, like Kansai's goal, is to pro provide these monthly webinars to get together and learn from each other. So if you do have any ideas of any topics that would be of benefit to you, please feel free to reach out to anyone on the Kensida executive and let us know. Uh, the next one we're going to do is scheduled for Thursday, March 25th at the same time, 2 p.m. Eastern. And it's going to be a bit of a town hall or panel discussion on how everyone is preparing for the eventual return to sport. Uh, we will have our divisional day uh, at for the for COSIDA on May 27th, so you can mark your calendars and we'll send around, uh, our regional reps will send around a calendar invite for that. And then the COSIDA virtual convention is running from June 7th to 10th this year, and that's all virtual. So they'll have lots of online programming, so we'll look out for their schedule coming out. Um, a couple last updates in case you didn't see the announcement, uh, Ben posted it on our Facebook group. COSIDA has just adjusted their membership fees for Canadians to account for the exchange rate. Uh, this is a huge win for us, so I encourage you all to take advantage of it if you aren't already. Uh, and the last one, we've officially kicked off our Kansida mentorship program. We did have quite a few more mentors than mentees, so if anyone feels that they could benefit from a seasoned veteran perspective, sorry, please reach out to me and we can get you paired up. Uh, so again, feel free to reach out to any of us, Matthew in particular, if you have any questions and we really appreciate you logging on today. A big thank you to Matthew and we hope you have a great day. Bye everyone. Bye everyone, thank you.